Day 24. The Story of Sidi Noman The Caliph Harun al-Rashid was much pleased with the tale of the blind man and the dervish, and when it was finished, he turned to the young man who had ill-treated his horse and inquired his name also. The young man replied that he was called Sidi Numan. Sidi Numan, observed the Caliph. I have never seen any horse broken in such a barbarous manner as by you yesterday. Still, you have not the air of a cruel man, and I would gladly believe that you did not act in this way without some reason. As I am told that it was not the first time, and indeed that every day you are to be seen doing that, tell me the whole truth and conceal nothing. Do not think of me as the caliph, but merely as a friend who would like to hear your story. Speak then openly and without fear. Reassured by the kindness of the caliph, Sidi Numan at length began his tale. My ancestors were careful people, and I inherited enough money to enable me to live comfortably. Having, therefore, a modest fortune, the only thing wanting to my happiness was a wife who could return my affection. But this blessing I was not destined to get. For, on the very day after my marriage, my bride began to try my patience in every way that was most hard to bear. The first time I saw my wife unveiled, when she had been brought to my house with the usual ceremonies, I was enchanted to find that I had not been deceived in regard to the account that had been given me of her beauty. I began my married life in high spirits and the best hopes of happiness. The following day, a grand dinner was served to us but as my wife did not appear, I ordered a servant to call her. Still, she did not come, and I waited impatiently for some time. At last, she entered the room, and she took our places at the table, and plates of rice were set before us. I ate mine with a spoon, but great was my surprise to notice that my wife drew from her pocket a little case from which she selected a long pin, and, by the help of this pin, conveyed her rice, grain by grain, to her mouth. Amina, I exclaimed in astonishment, is that the way you eat rice at home? Our fortune is large enough for all our needs. Therefore, dear Amina, do not seek to check yourself, but eat as much as you desire as I do. Amina said nothing at all, but continued to pick her rice as before. I felt provoked by her obstinacy, but I suggested that perhaps she had never been used to eat in the company of men, and that her family might have taught her that she ought to behave prudently and discreetly in the presence of her husband. So I took no further notice and when I had finished, I left the room, secretly much vexed at her strange conduct. The same thing occurred at supper, and all through the next day, whenever we ate together. It was quite clear that no woman could live upon two or three breadcrumbs and a few grains of rice, 
and I determined to find out how and when she got food, and I hoped that little by little she would get accustomed to me and become more friendly, but I soon saw that my expectations were quite vain. One night I was lying with my eyes closed and to all appearance sound asleep when Amina arose softly and dressed herself without making the slightest sound. I made up my mind to follow her. When she was fully dressed, she stole quietly from the room. The instant she had let the curtain fall behind her, I flung a garment on my shoulders and a pair of slippers on my feet. Looking from a lattice, I saw her in the act of passing through the street door, which she carefully left open. There was a bright moonlight, so I easily managed to keep her in sight till she entered a cemetery not far from the house. There I hid myself under the shadow of the wall and crouched down cautiously, and hardly was I concealed when I saw my wife approaching in company with a hideous female ghoul. I was nearly struck dumb with horror. They passed by me without noticing me, began to dig up a corpse which had been buried that day, and then sat down on edge of the grave to enjoy their frightful repast. When they had finished, they threw back the body into the grave and heaped back the earth upon it. I made no effort to disturb them and returned quickly to the house. Then I got back into bed and pretended to sleep soundly. A short time after, Amina entered as quietly as she had gone out. As may be guessed, after such a scene, it was long before I could close my eyes. I could not face my wife until I had made up my mind what future course I should pursue in regard to her. I thought of using violence to make her submit, but felt reluctant to be unkind to her. Besides, I had an instinct that gentle means had the best chance of success. So, a little soothed, I turned towards home, which I reached about the hour of dinner. As soon as I appeared, Amina ordered dinner to be served, and we sat down together as usual. She persisted in only picking a few grains of rice, and I resolved to speak to her. Amina, I said as quietly as possible, you must have guessed the surprise I felt when the day after our marriage you declined to eat anything but a few morsels of rice. I had patience to tempt your appetite by the choicest dishes I could invent, but all to no purpose. Still, it seems to me that there be some among them as sweet to the taste as the flesh of a corpse. Amina instantly understood that I had followed her to the graveyard. Her face became purple. Her eyes looked as if they would start from her head, and she positively foamed with rage. She seized a vessel of water that stood at hand, and plunging her hand in it, murmured some words I failed to catch. Then sprinkling it on my face, she cried madly, Wretch! Receive the reward of your prying and become a dog. I suddenly knew that I had ceased to be a man. She opened the gate leading into the street, 
intending to crush me as I passed through. I timed my movements so well that I contrived to rush through, and only the tip of my tail received a squeeze as she banged the gate. My tail hurt me horribly, and I yelped and howled so loud all along the streets that the other dogs came and attacked me. In order to avoid them, I took refuge in a cook shop, where tongues and sheep's heads were sold.